0: This is Lola with the Best Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Zafar Chaudhary, Senior Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer of Seattle Children's. Dr. Chaudhary, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, so I'm currently at Seattle Children's, and I've been the Chief Digital and Information Officer role for about five years now. I started my career as a physician, so I would say I'm probably a recovering physician, uh, and I worked my way through into health information IT, and I've been in healthcare IT now for about 35 years, and I have traveled the globe, probably worked in 20 different healthcare systems around the world doing CIO-type roles.
0: Fantastic. And, you know, I am really excited to have you on here because I think your expertise is always so helpful um, in in terms of your knowledge and breadth and depth of the health IT space. So when you think about your career and how you built it over time and then where we're at today, a few years out from the pandemic and really looking ahead to the future, what are the issues that you're spending most of your time on? What's really front of mind for you and um, excited about today?
1: I think for me, and probably throughout my whole career, I've been really interested in how do you drive value in support services when our business is really patients. And so when you look at IT, finance, HR, it's a massive amount of spend in any organization. And anything you spend on support services takes away from the clinical front line. And so I've always been interested in driving value from certainly the IT services so that we can drive better outcomes on the clinical side. And I think that that's not gone away. I think the pandemic has driven us to think and do more for less. Uh, There's been a lot of stress, pressure uh, for organizations to continue to deliver. So sustainability is something that's top of mind for me. The other thing that's top of mind is the mental health of our employees at the health system, including my IT team, because certainly what the pandemic has taught us is these types of crises events put a lot of strain on teams outside of just their workday. So people have had to deal with sick relatives, sick family, being locked up in their homes while still trying to be productive and deliver to the mission of the organization that they work for. And of course, as part of this, we as a health system have continued to grow. We've opened new buildings during this time. So we're growing and expanding. I don't think that's gonna stop. The need for pediatric beds continues to increase. So we focused on that. And at the same time, we're coming through a life cycle of Mm -hmm. Infrastructure that needs to be re- replaced or refle- refreshed continually. So, new systems, new applications, new infrastructure.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and it's really interesting to hear about both the employee side of things, and we're just really making sure that people are not getting too stressed and, and having a great work environment while at the same time thinking about the updated infrastructure that you need the technology that you need to make sure you're prepared to do best um, provide the best care possible to patients so when you look at especially the um, that kind of infrastructure lifestyle or life cycle. How do you really make sure that you know you're getting things replaced, making sure that things are up to date um, and budget for that, especially at a time right now when you know healthcare dollars are precious, just like any dollars are, um, and it's really sometimes a challenge to fit that into your budget.
1: So I think we have to do a better job, and we're trying to do that in terms of prioritization. Of course, in health, every every project tends to be a priority one. And then you figure out you have a list of 50 items that are all priority ones, so therefore what is the most important. But what we've done to counter that is to work directly with stakeholders that use those applications, that use those systems, that use those pieces of hardware and say, okay, you're going to have to help us decide, is this something that needs to be replaced now? What impact would that have on clinical care? And if that's true, if it still is a priority one, then how are we going to co-fund it? I think you know, moving forward, IT, IT implementations and investments have to be a co-funded journey. You can't just put the, put the cost onto one particular department. right? It's at the end of the day, I have to make sure the infrastructure is running, but whether the application is running or not has to be decided between me and the stakeholder that owns that application.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and it's really interesting to think about how, as you mentioned, making sure that shared responsibility for the technology in and, and the budget and the upgrades, you know, for those kinds of things, because it does affect so much of the organization and is really crucial to move forward in the most efficient and effective way. Now, when you're looking ahead over the next few years, how are you thinking about growth, development and investment going forward?
1: So certainly we will continue our expansion program for our campus. The the goal is to increase the bed numbers, the capabilities around new operating rooms, a new laboratory and other things. So we'll continue to grow our campus and our footprint because right now we service Washington, Alaska, Montana, and Idaho, and the demand for kids' needs continues to increase. Uh, In the IT arena, we do have some core systems We replaced our EMR in the middle of the pandemic, We went from CERNA to EPIC, and now we're going to be replacing our ERP, which is 15 years too old. And so we're currently finalizing the plans around that, and then that will be another two-year journey with a really big price tag associated with that. So those will be our focus areas for the next 12 to 18 months.
0: Got it. That's so helpful to know. You know, it just, like you said, it is interesting to see how making these overhauls obviously is a long process, takes a few years to transition EHRs as well as you know, the ERP processes. So, you know, when you're thinking about what's ahead um, to make that change and really upgrade the systems, obviously the technology is one thing, but the people side of it. Do you have any advice for, for organizations that are making similar kind of switches to really prepare themselves so that they've got the right culture in place and right people in place to make that transition as smooth as possible?
1: Yeah, I think we we consistently in healthcare underestimate the cost of change and the cost of re-engineering our business processes. So my recommendation would be, we certainly learned this in our EMR shift, is a lot of money has to be allocated, and resources, to helping people understand the before and after picture of how a big system implementation is going to affect them, or putting in, even putting in a new building, how it's going to affect their day-to-day job. So massive amounts of change management is needed. And even though people say programs should be, read, should be led by operations, what I found is, when you're putting in something new, there's a massive amount of business process reengineering that needs to happen. So for us, as we embark on our ERP project, in finance, in supply chain, in HR, we will spend a lot of time looking at their existing processes and figuring out whether they are the best for the future. Because of course, everybody wants to over customize something but if you over customize it then it becomes hard to maintain it and of course people want to take bad practices and put it into new systems and then they wonder why the system isn't the best for what you paid for so that's really where people should be focusing a lot of their energy and we spend a lot more time and money doing that even though we're a technology group
0: Absolutely. That's so interesting. And really great points in terms of just making sure you're not putting broad processes into this new system and then to not customizing too much to make it unusable. and so challenging um, to make changes to in the future. Dr. Chaudhary, this has been great advice and great conversation. And before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask, what are you most excited about right now? Is it technology? Is it the teams? Is it where you're headed? What really, you know, excites you right now and, and makes you feel like you're really thriving as an organization?
1: I'm certainly expi- excited to see our expansion because extending our mission and helping to take care of kids in the regions that we serve is our mission. It's, it's the most exciting thing about working in pediatrics. If we can get kids safe and better and holistically uh, in a better, better place, that's that's what excites me. But from a technology point of view, I think as we come out of the pandemic and people start to normalize their days, they can then start thinking about what are the next innovations and technology pieces we can put in that actually help and assist in the clinical workflow. Um, And that is then going to have an impact on patient care and outcomes.
0: Got it, that makes a lot of sense. And too, I know, you know clinicians are more and more becoming part of that process, whether it's doctors or nurses or other practitioners. For anybody who's interested, um, who's on the clinical side, who's interested in technology or dabbling in that, how can they really kind of get into a spot where, where they feel like they're comfortable and confident and contributing to these types of um, initiatives and changes and bringing valuable ideas to the table?
1: So I certainly think that physicians, clinicians interested in technology should get involved starting with their EMR. So most healthcare organizations have an informatics group that's usually linked into their primary EMR. That would be the first point of entry for somebody who'd want to get interested in this space. Participate in that group, volunteer your time in that group, work on projects in that group. That will then raise your profile in the organization around your capability and interest in that space, and then you can move into other areas from there. The next step would be looking at the data, the analytics components of a health IT shop, and how you can bring that clinical hat around outcomes to help that group.
0: Absolutely. That's great to hear. Dr. Shabri, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.